Welcome to the Temple Forum, a podcast from First United Methodist Church in the heart of Chicago. Here we welcome a diversity of voices and conversation about how we live in the world as people of faith. Hi, everyone. My name is Sam, and I want to welcome you all to this month's episode of the Temple Forum. And today's podcast features Christian Schlick who is a missionary and lawyer currently based in Central America. His work centers on supporting migrants, and we're really excited to have him on the podcast today. Welcome, Christian. We will start by having you introduce yourself. Thank you, Sam. Uh, My name is Christian Schlick. I'm a regional migration specialist with AMCOR Global Migration Team. I'm a missionary with the United Methodist Church, and I'm currently living in Mexico City from where I live and serve all of Latin America and the Caribbean as part of my assignment. Amazing. And when I read a little bit of your bio, it was really interesting to me. So I'd love to hear a bit about your story, how you came to practice law, and also how you got involved in mission work. So uh, I, I was born and grew up in Chile, South America. That's my home country. And I studied law over there, and I started practicing law. Um, for a long time, I did uh, most law, corporate law, banking law, and other things. But I always more was more passionate about um, criminal justice and uh, human rights. I did my internship in the public defense office years ago, and I was able to be part of that institution for for a, for a few years. Um, but actually. Uh, at some point of my life, I, I decided to get uh, get more involved in ministry. I've been Methodist for almost all my life. I studied at the Methodist school. I graduated from a Methodist school. Um, and uh, my call to ministry and my participation in the church was always present. So I decided to look for ordination at some point of my life and I prepared to become a pastor. But uh, while I was doing that, um, I also was practicing law, and I never quit practicing law. So I realized that maybe being a pastor wasn't necessary for me. So in that time, I received an invitation to become a missionary on that time to be part of the Global Mission Fellow Programs, which is a missionary program for young adults between the age of 20 and 30 uh, to give two years of their life in the service of ministry and social justice. So I did that. And when I was a GMF, they invited me to be a full-time missionary. Um, so the funny thing is that I thought that I could quit law, but actually my first assignment as a missionary was related to law. Um, I did serve as a GMF at the Human Rights Institute of the Central American University in San Salvador. Um, when I arrived there, they, they saw my resume and my experience, and they asked me to support them with their human rights uh, advocacy on international levels. So, so that's how I, I never quit practicing law uh, in some way, uh, and I have always been involved to the church and the mission. And in my case, being a missionary has allowed me to put those two training and passions that I have in life together, a law and a ministry. Uh, serving as a missionary. That's a really amazing story. And 
kind of like you said, two seemingly unlikely things coming together in a union that has worked really well to serve not only you, but also all of your patrons and the people that you're taking care of. So it's really amazing. And one of the things that I saw on the website and also in your bio too, was that you focus on migration. So I was just wondering what led you to focus your efforts on migration? Um, I'm currently working in migration because migration is one of the main areas and focuses uh, for the agency. Uh, as you know, GBGM, it has been historically, the General Board of Global Ministries has been the historically uh, missionary sending agency of the church. And Anchor has been part of the relief agency from the, for the church and doing the work globally. So the two agencies are part, Anchor is part of GBGM. Um, and migration is one of the main focus. Uh, many people actually is not aware that when Amcor started its work on the 40s, actually started to work with migrants, with refugees escaping from World War II and coming into the U.S. So migration has been always in the core of the values of what the church have stand for and have worked through. And actually Amcor, uh, in, the, in the roots, in the core, in the first efforts that Amcor leaded, was actually to help refugee people. So a few years ago, the agency gave it back that importance to migration work. And, and they invited me to, uh, to be part of these efforts that we're doing, in my case, uh, focusing regionally in Latin America and the Caribbean. But um, that's why we focus on migration. Uh, it's not just AMCOR, uh, the one that focuses on migration, it's the church. We as United Methodists focus and believe that migration is central to the work that we do with people and as congregation and as a church that is globally present. Um, and, and, and that's why AMCOR, uh, it's working on migration ministry as one of the main focus. And that's why I'm also um, able to work on migration and be part of this team. Got it. Your bio also mentions work involving, quote, right to stay, hospitality, support for the returned, and also safe passage. Just so folks are on the same page, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about why these ministries are important and also why you chose to focus on them. Uh, those four rights that we work as AMCOR Global Migration Team are actually the goals that the church have decided in one of the resolutions. The United Methodist Church in the General Conference many years ago passed a resolution recognizing that every migrant people uh, no matter the nationality, the conditions they are passing by, the church recognized them, the right to stay, the right to safe passage, the right to be welcome, and the right to return with dignity. So we as AMCOR, when we focus on those four areas in migrant ministry, we're just implementing what the church have adopted as part of their core values through the resolution of general conference. So in basic and simple world, where we, what the church is saying and what we as AMCOR Global Migration Team are implementing is that everybody should have the right to stay. Nobody should be forced to flee their home communities if they don't want it. Uh, nobody should live under conditions that make them impossible to continue being part of those communities that they call home. The second reality is that 
We know that migration is part of human nature and human story has been always be present. And, but sadly, not uh, everybody can actually travel and move around the world safely. Many of the routes that many migrants take are really danger and where they expose themselves to different kinds of threats and difficulties. So we as United Methodists actually believe that everybody should have a safe passage. Uh, nobody should face those threats. Nobody should face this hardship just because they are forced or are deciding to move around. Uh, usually the low-income people is the one that because they don't have the enough economical means to translate from one side of the world to another, are the ones that actually face the biggest challenges and, and suffer the worst consequences of this unjust system that, that provides opportunities for those that actually have money to move around and those that don't have. And most people that actually is forced to leave their home community, the ones that are displaced by many reasons, are usually the ones that also have the worst experiences uh, traveling around. So we as United Methodists, we as AMCOR implement this idea that, this idea that everybody should have a safe passage. The third, and I believe it's one of the most important, is the, the hospitality that we call it uh, be welcome. Um, we forget that one of the main cores of the church, the Christian church in general, in general is to proclaim this gospel of hospitality that Jesus taught us uh, through his ministry, his lessons that we can still have present through the Holy Scriptures. So be welcoming is what the church is actually is called to do for everybody. And we believe that migrants deserve and have the right to be welcome, not just in the church, but in the society and, and, the, and the communities that they arrive. Um, sadly, that's not the reality in many cases. Migrants face a lot of like backlash and threats, and most of the time, actually, they are not welcome in their communities. And this is globally, so we encourage first to all the United Methodists and Methodist family in general to be welcoming spaces for, for the migrants, and not just because we believe it's not political, it's what the church have decided and have uphold. Uh, and we believe it's one of the core values of our Christian faith. So we're just reminding the church and our partners to be welcoming for, for, for the migrants in general. And the third is the support for the return or the return with dignity, because there, it's true that some people decide to go back to their home community for many reasons. Uh, people want to retire, they, they go back to their home communities or to their home countries. Um, but most people actually that go back to their to the home places, if you can call them home, is people that have faced deportation. And deportees don't have a good time. Uh, deportees most of the time go back to cultures that they are not aware of it, that they're not part of it, that they forgot. In some cases, we even see the reality of people that don't even know the language to the countries they're sending back. So how can we as Methodists, as United Methodists, uh, encourage to be welcoming spaces also for the deportees in, in a way that they can integrate to the, to the, to the communities again? Um, because deportation is a reality and deportees are also human beings that need to be uh, welcomed and accompanied by the church and, but, but, and by society in general. 
Immigration is not a new issue by any means, but it seems to be a present focus now for a new group of people, namely Chicagoans who have found themselves daily sharing space with migrants. I was wondering, what do you think is the most important thing or things for them to know, right? The first thing that we always remind people is to remind that migration is part of humanity. It's not a crisis. It's not a new invention. It's not a political trend that we need to deal with. Uh, and my, when we speak about migration, we're not talking about numbers or cases. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about people with life, with stories, with dreams, with hopes for themselves and for the loved ones. So the first thing that we always have to remind is that migration is part of our humanity and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Because as long as humanity exists, people will migrate. The second thing that we believe is important and I always try to remind Christian people especially is to remind that the Bible show us a God of migrants. From the experience of paradise and Adam and Eve being exposed, being the first, dis first displaced people, uh, being forced to move into a community in conditions they were not familiar with, it, 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 it shows you from Genesis a God of migrants or the fathers and mothers of our faith, all the Old Testament stories are migration stories. The big exodus, Moses leading their peop his people and, and walking with them through the desert for 40 years is the story of migration. The King David actually also faced persecution and it was for this place to escape when he was uh, anointed to be king. Uh, Israelites suffered uh, exile many times and the prophets itself were many times for this place because of their political actions. So the Old Testament is a testament of a mm -hmm. migrant people. And then Jesus itself was a refugee. He actually has to escape political persecution. So if we believe that Jesus is God and that Jesus has taught us what Christianity should look like, we must never forget that Jesus was right. Thank you so much for those reminders of humanity and also of the importance of our faith and foundations on migration. In Cities like Chicago that unfortunately feel unprepared to welcome migrants. This lack of infrastructure can certainly be felt. What can we do in the name of coexistence? There are two things I believe we need to have present, not just in Chicago, but everywhere. Uh, the first is that migration is a challenge. No community, no society is fully prepared to deal with the reality of receiving people because all communities have their own challenges and needs that maybe have not been addressed properly, that create systemic problems in their home communities that sometimes can, can make feel people that is a reality of, of us against them. And we are sort of seeing migrants as the them that we need to face as the enemy. There is no enemy. We are all human beings. And for us, as people that believe in Jesus' message, we are all creation of God. 
and we deserve the same dignity. The second thing I believe that yeah, because we know that no community is fully prepared to it and to deal with migrant is always a challenge because of different languages, because of economic opportunities, because of different of cultures, we need to uh, network with people who is actually trying to do something better. Network to provide uh, the assistance and the cooperation that migrants need, but also networking to learn how to do our work and to learn how we can do something that is actually impactful and good in a good way for people that is in need. Now Chicago is experiencing that in masses, like with all the buses and the migrants. So maybe uh, you cannot provide legal services, but you can support and do fundraising for the organizations that are providing legal services. Maybe you cannot uh, feed everybody, but maybe you can provide a good for the countries that are actually doing that. Maybe um, you don't have the patience, the skill, or the language to communicate with people, but you can actually provide blankets in this yeah. winter time for people that will suffer real winter for first time in their life. When, when you have only a thousand migrants, maybe you have the answer for those thousand migrants. But when you have hundred thousand, <laughs> the reality is maybe that you don't have the answer for those hundred thousand. So how can you already learn from what people have done in the past, how you can support what other people is doing uh, could be really helpful. I was wondering what you think that we can do kind of more specifically as a church and also church members and followers of Jesus to show our love and support to our neighbors. I believe that the church in general always faced the big challenge of being welcoming space for everybody. Uh, and it's not just for migrants, it's for many other realities. How we can be welcoming spaces and how can be intentionally welcoming is another challenge because we can say that we are welcoming spaces but not necessarily take any steps to be welcoming space. So how we create welcoming communities for church and faith-based organization is always a challenge. Um, so I believe that maybe uh, taking Bible studies or actually visiting shelters having the immersion to listen to people's stories. Uh, when I started this work many years ago, I didn't have such a favorite opinion around migration reality. And I didn't believe that, I couldn't understand many of the realities that people were facing and why they were taking all this risk and putting their children in danger and other things. But at least for me, has been a learning experience all this time of working with migrants to listen to them. Just listening to them has been a profound conversion experience for myself in moving from being uh, indifferent to the reality of migrants to be actually proactive in trying to do something for them. So I believe that when you actually learn from what people have suffered, what are the intentions, why people is doing all that. Just imagine why someone that has never seen snow in their life and has no idea what real winter is, is willing to be on the streets of Chicago in winter time 
because they believe that surviving the cold winter is better than being in the sunny paradise that we see in the pictures. What moves people to move from paradise to winter hell? So it must, it has to be something behind that. And I know there is something behind that, why people take this kind of, what I used to say, crazy decisions. So when we actually see migrants as human beings with stories, with desire, with hopes for themselves and their families, in my experience, we change opinion, we change heart, we change mind. So I would say that um, learning is vital for this but not learning in theory about how migration trends are or even migration theology is learning about people's life and experiences. And there's many ways. And now you are having the opportunity, not just to see a YouTube video about how things look in other places, but actually listen from first person who suffer and live it, how it actually was for them. You don't have to be a superhero. You don't have to have the answers for the problems, but you can be present for people that has no idea what support actually looks like. And just be present is a way of supporting people in the hard times. Thank you so much for that charge to educate ourselves and also to lead our actions with love and empathy towards other human beings. Is, is there anything else that would be useful for us to know about you, your work, or migration? Um, thank you. Um, first, I would say that if you want to support what we are doing, what I'm doing in Latin America and the Caribbean, what we as Amcor Global Migration Team are doing, you can always uh, support our work through the generous gift that you can provide in the advance, just to my advance number, but also to the global migration team advance number. The work we have has a special advance number that you can always support uh, through the generous gift. Uh, but also, if you want to do something meaningful that can actually support us, be part of your community and be part of what others are doing to address this reality that now Chicago is facing. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was there. We were able to visit police centers, where police station where they're hosting uh, migrants. In the meantime, when they arrive in the buses, we visit churches. We spoke with pastors. We spoke with lay leaders. We speak. We spoke with faith with faith people of different denominations and others that don't even have any kind of faith affiliation, but they are all in the same work of trying to improve uh, the reality of migrants' life. So if you're actually interested in supporting us, do what you can do in your local community. Get involved in your local community and try to support them. As I said before, maybe you don't, you don't have the ability or you don't have the energy or not even the desire to be there in the front line, but there's many other ways that you can do. You can support our work as Global Migration Team at Amcor, but you can also support the other churches and communities that are actually doing something in the front lines, like pantry ministries, uh, feeding programs in general, clothing, 
housing. And there are many ministries in, in many ways in which like every person can actually get involved. You can do it by going uh, and being in the front line, providing support and services for people that need it. You can do it through donation of goods and money to the projects that are actually doing something in your local area, in your local community. And you can also do it globally through supporting the work that we as AMCOR we are doing. Like uh, we in Latin America cover more than 22 countries. We have active um, projects today in Uruguay, in Argentina, in Chile, in Mexico, in the Dominican Republics. We have had projects in Colombia, in Ecuador. Uh, we also have current projects in Brazil, in Honduras. So that shows you that actually, if you wanna do something for the people in those countries, you can also always count on us and in the good work that we, as the agency of the church, are doing on behalf of everybody that is part of the United Methodist Church. Thank you so much for your time and also for this education. We also want to just thank you for the important work that you're doing. And it's been our pleasure to learn from you on this episode of the Temple Forum. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Sam signing off. You've been listening to the Temple Forum from First United Methodist Church in Chicago. You can find more conversations like this online at chicagotemple.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us again soon.